Welcome to the United Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith. I want to thank our good friends at Dr. Dish for being a continued sponsor of this podcast. Follow them on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at Dr. Dish B-Ball. They host great content for coaches of all levels to learn and grow. Also, mention this podcast and receive $300 off one of their shooting machines. I hope you've had a chance to check out our bi-weekly podcast coming out on Mondays, hosted by Travis Doherty. That's why now we're the United Basketball and Champions 101 podcast. Coach Doherty is based out of Indiana. He's a former high school coach there, played college basketball in Indiana, and he offers some great insights on culture and leadership and has some phenomenal guests on. So make sure you check out that podcast. Also, coaches, for a short time only, the month of November, we're offering 35% off the Hoosier Gym Coaches Clinic. Go to the show notes, enter the code NORMANDALE. So go to the show notes, you can see the link, enter the code NORMANDALE and receive 35% off in honor of Hoosiers being out for 35 years this year, the 35th anniversary. Coaches, I'm honored that you would take the time to listen to the podcast. I hope you enjoy today's guest. I want to welcome Josh Templeton to the podcast. He's been on uh, last year. I think he and his dad came on together. Well, Josh, thanks so much for joining us. I know your season and my season are, are getting rolling. Yes, they are. It's like we got our football players back last Monday and we had all of a couple practices and then we were playing Jamboree and it's been a wild, wild first week. And we're going to talk about vision um, and how you build it, communicate it, put it into action and sustain it. Um, so, Josh, let's first talk just briefly, just briefly about um, playing under your dad, how that influenced you and how maybe that affected your vision and how you want to implement that with what you're doing now? Well, I think it's interesting. There's a lot of time. There's two different types of parent uh, player coaching dynamics. Um, like when your parent is the coach, you know, one of them, the kid ends up hating it and, and, you know, resentful and whatever. And then the other one, the kid loves it. And uh, it's like, how can you find that? Um, well, kids aren't going to love something just because, it's your profession uh, as a parent. But fortunately I was in a situation where basketball was something that I loved. I just absolutely loved it. And I loved playing, I loved playing when I was a little kid. Um, I remember the first little Jordan jammer he bought me and I was tiny and I put duct tape on the linoleum kitchen floor and made my mom all mad. It's just one of those things. Like I just, I just really loved it. And he, nur- he nurtured that. So he never was too difficult to kind of let me have my thing. And then when I was young, you know, he let my elementary coaches coach me, my middle school coaches, he'd get people to work with me that were really good. And uh, then he coached me in high school. That was when he did most of his coaching. So it was and you guys were And you guys were very successful in high school. And then he was your college coach as well, correct? At, at, yeah, at, it was a wild thing. Um, he was – he was really successful at Temple High. Um, they joined the TWSAA the year he got there in 89 and uh, took him to two state tournaments in 10 years. And this is before Division Two, So it was just AAA and AAA. So I think we were the 137th smallest out of 138 the year that we went my junior year. And, you know, he just... 
um, his assistant coach, Lefty Glasscock, he used to coach at the university and his whole like big man-to-man defense, get after it. And we just kind of developed this identity. We had, you know, our school was right in the middle of Highland Park and gym was always open. And in those pickup games, if you ain't tough, you ain't coming. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was really a great fit. And uh, we kind of developed that defensive identity and it took us to state championship my junior year came up short in double overtime but it's a great experience i loved my experience that's what i want to give to my players and you know i've watched your team at boyd over the years and and watched film of you guys last year and you guys had that defensive mentality and defensive identity but as coaches listening because this this was a requested topic by coaches uh, that i've talked to about topics to have and I, I thought of you immediately but so how does a coach determine what they want their identity as a team to be and when I say identity a lot of coaches are thinking variety of things is it just defense offense offense is it something non-basketball related you know but how do you determine as a coach does the team decide it almost or do you decide it no matter what team you have in front of you well I think I think it depends on when like when you're there um, obviously your identity, like the style of play is going to be, you know, dictated a lot by your personnel. Um, you know, if you're running six deep, it's going to be tough to press the whole game, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And just have like high possessions, mostly cause of foul trouble. And a lot of times there's a lot of, a lot of fouls in high school games, uh, that are called. I had to put a lot of thought into this because the first high school job that I took after being at Lee, I went to a school called St. Benedict and, um, they had been kind of not very good. Uh, they're in like Division II AA in Tennessee. So it's a big conference, probably one of the smallest schools in that league. And um, they hadn't tasted a lot of success in their sports. And I went in there and I'm like, I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm hard line, like, let's go. Um, principles, like, there's non negotiables, all that stuff. And I was, I was, got after it i love the kids and and all that stuff but i don't think i gave them enough say uh in who they wanted to be or i didn't articulate it well enough and they didn't get it or it just wasn't a great fit i don't know yeah i mean sometimes it's like that but i ended up with like four or five guys quitting kicked a couple guys off and we were about 500 and it's like yeah i don't know if memphis is a place for me and uh came back home Ended up working with Coach Shulman for a year and then came to Boyd. And when I got the job at Boyd, it's like, all right, it's a second go around as a head coach. I'm going to, I'm going to do things a little different. The football team was 0-10 the year before. They hadn't won a lot of basketball games. And the, the kids and the parents, when I got there, it just, it seemed like it was just one excuse after the other and one like complaint after the other. Like I was, I hadn't even been there yet, but they were complaining to me about the past and that was a problem. I didn't really like that. So you mean the fact that they couldn't move forward with you and have a fresh start. I just had to keep no. bringing up what used to be in the past and just, well, yeah, more, just a generic in negative environment. Kind yeah, of. That. They had a good tradition. They just yeah. wanted to complain about the coaches and the administration and each other and other kids and, it's like, I mean, this is like the meet and greet. <laughs> Goodness gracious, y'all. Like, uh, okay. So I knew some of these kids from before, and I've been working with a couple of them. 
because uh, I was helping out with some AU programs and uh, before I came to Boyd. And those kids, I just started trying to think about them a lot. And like, what do kids want, especially kids that, you know, they want people to respect them. The kids are very image conscious these days. And I don't even think that's their fault. Uh, social media does that too, a lot. And, you know, they want people, they want to be respectable a lot of times. And I know young men are like that. And they, I could kind of feel in these boys' eyes, they were embarrassed, you know, after these football losses and everything else, they were embarrassed of their failures pretty much. And I don't know if they had a whole lot of work. So I kind of asked them, I thought about it and framed the conversation in a way that's like, what do, what do you want to get out of this? What do you, what do you want to be? Who do you want to become? And uh, I had already told him that I, you know, didn't look that resilient on the football field. So I thought that might be a problem. Do y'all want to be that? Because we can work on that. And uh, so, and like they had some bickering and it's like, y'all ever played on the team with really good teammates? No, not really. Okay. Uh, do y'all have fun playing sports? Nah. Okay. We're going to get this thing figured out. Okay. We need to get better. That's going to be number one. Number two, we're going to be great teammates. Number three, we're going to be resilient. We're going to be tough. And even when we lose or yeah, when we lose, we're going to be able to hold our hand high. And those people are, that played us aren't going to want to play us the next time. Uh, and if something goes wrong, we're going to prove our worth every time something goes wrong by standing tall, by hustling, by any of that stuff, um, by not turning on each other, not pointing the finger, embracing personal responsibility. So toughness and then the fourth core value we have i guess it's not a core value it's just a command is like you have to have fun yeah like we're going to have a good time period you know I, not to go on a side tangent here much but I, I hear that a lot with high school kids um i talked to about even really successful programs that win championships yeah. or compete in championships at a high level and you talk to some of the kids and they're just like oh my gosh i just just can't wait for it to be over like Really? Are you not enjoying going, having an 85% winning percentage in four years in whatever sport, you know, volleyball, basketball, baseball, like you're really, really good, but you're just not having fun. And I don't, I guess that's where we adults could do a better job for sure. Uh, but yeah, if they're not having fun, it's like a job to them. They dread the practices and they even probably dread some games, yeah. you know, yeah. then there's really not a lot that you can build off for that. coaches i have to take a minute here to brag on my good friends at dr dish dr dish is unbelievable hundreds of drills you can do with the dr dish shooting machine they track your player shooting you can track your team shooting the players have the individual app it is so user friendly but i want to make sure you know how you can get a dr dish using their one year no interest payment plan that's what i did i'm in a small school not a large budget. I paid half up front and I paid the remainder over the next year at no interest. So contact Dr. Dish, mention this podcast, receive an extra discount and they will take care of you. Now back to the podcast. Especially when it's like, you got adults yelling at you all the time. Like that's not fun. And I'm an adult. Right. I don't like adults yelling at me. Yeah. You know, and if I'm a kid and I didn't like adults yelling at me when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of kids that, you know, kind of grow up with some, I don't know if I should say this, but in the South, you know, you grow up with some hellfire and brimstone preaching, 
and then start li- listening to metal to get yourself uh, pumped for the game. Yeah. And it's like, man, all I ever do is listen to people yell at me and I'm just really down well, mad. <laughs> you know, you and I grew up in a time, went to, went to churches like that, yeah. went. And so we were used to like yelling didn't bother me as much, but then, because I, I think I heard it a lot yeah. from chapel. Yeah, I went the other, other way on that. Yeah, I went the yeah. other way on so, that. I, maybe it's just the personality different. Right. Like, you know, you get to a certain point where it's just not okay to yell at another right. adult or kid anymore. Yeah. Oh, or you just, you get tuned out. Yeah. Like the moment an adult gets loud. And again, I treat kids with respect. And I think about that all the time. Like if my boss talked to me the way I talked to players at times, would I be, would it be counterproductive? And I'm like, yeah, if he walked in there and kicked the door in and just let me have it, like, I don't think it would motivate me very well. Yeah. And it doesn't really motivate kids very Especially well. Especially now. I don't, I don't know. No, no. I guess they're, they got too much info, man. You know, back in the day, we just had to listen to the authority. They were going to give us the info. We didn't have the internet. <laughs> right. These, yeah. These kids. Uh, we, we believed air. anything we believed anything an adult, an adult told us because we couldn't find any information yeah. from wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, but now they're like, no, no, I, I Googled that. They're fact-checking that never in happened. real time. <laughs> you, you made that yeah, up. A lot of times um, they know before you do. Absolutely. So you decided seeing this program that you had your four uh, core values. And so that, that essentially boiled down to your, your identity, what you felt was best for the program to take it where you want it to be. And obviously on top of that, you have probably your defensive identity yeah. and your offensive identity, but you can't have those unless you know who you are. Yeah. And I, I would say if there was one thing that we probably pride ourselves on the most is toughness and resilience. Mm-hmm. Like we just want to have some dog in us cause that's the way we love to compete. And uh, how, I know a lot of people say the word resilience and I was like, how do you communicate with the kids? Cause they may have never heard that word. Like, how do you, what do you break that word down to find as for a, for the teenage boy that's playing for you? Well, our shooter shirts have the word good across them. Uh, and that's a, you know, Jocko Willink, Navy seal kind of talked about that. And it's something goes wrong. Good. Like that just means it's an opportunity to learn something. Uh, change, you know, unexpected circumstance. Good. I'm the kind of person that can make an alternate plan. Like, you know, we're always trying to move forward. Yeah. And I love how the Navy SEALs look at that because like, if you can say the word good, that means you're breathing. Yes, absolutely. And you're alive. You know, they deal with real life and death. So let's say, you know, three games got canceled by the pandemic next week for you guys. Good. Right. That's how you would attack. Absolutely. And what's funny is we're building this culture kind of around this principle and around resilience and around, um, all these things. And then boom, second year, we're in the pandemic. Like we just barely got through our season COVID hits. And then the next year we're, we're in the thick of it and we're having games canceled and it's good. We're going to get as much as we can. We're going to enjoy every single moment of this. And then we all get COVID and it's like, well, what do you do now? Good. Let's move forward. Let's get better. Let's try. And I'll tell you, it's it's tested me, Matt. It, the whole it's tested me because when I got COVID in last December and then in January, I started getting insomnia and all the long hauler symptoms. And I had about five straight months of insomnia. That even toward the end of last year's basketball season, where I'd sleeping for a half hour and coaching a game the next day and basketball camp. I'm like walking parking lots at five, six in the morning and coaching a game at eight. 
like I couldn't sleep. So then in July, once we were done with everything, man, this is, it was it was rough. I felt like I was about to have a psychotic break, and uh, finally started getting better. And it, I mean, it just tested me. It tested yeah. me like crazy because um, insomnia is rough. And I'm like, man. And then this year, I mean, it's same things. I mean, we had a student die in a car accident this week, and it was one of our player's girlfriends. And it's almost like we've been tested and tested and tested so much. And this is the fifth family death in our team. We've got cousin, grandma, grandma, a brother, and then now this one. And it's like, it's been, that's since the school started this year. And it's like, we're going to find out if we really believe this. And that's a really good thing. We've been working on it for so long. Like we miss a layup. Our reaction is automatic. And you want to talk about bringing some perspective. It is a lot. It's very hard to lose perspective when you've gone through hardships. And it's hard not to have fun in something like basketball. It's almost hard not to have fun. Because it's like, I get to do this today. I actually slept six hours last night. Like, and I get to coach basketball. Well, what's so great? about your or so dynamic about your you know core values is they will they transfer to life whereas if it's just about the win like i was telling someone the other day and it's, it's this was profound to me but to me to everyone else but it's like if it's just about wins and losses then it's just about wins and losses and just how shallow is that you know and i you know i was trying to communicate my thoughts to parents in a parent meeting and they probably hear a coach like, oh, my gosh, this guy doesn't care about wins and losses. But I'm like, I do and I don't. You know, I really do in some way because it's like the test. It's the exam for the prep we've done. But in the scheme of it all, like, are we resilient? Are we having fun? Are we uplifting each other? Are we supporting the friend, the teammate who lost a grandmother? And I feel like if you do all those things, then my thought, the wins will take care of themselves. Absolutely. You know, when your kids, when your kids love what they're doing, you know, your, your wins, you win well and you lose well. Yeah, so that's kind absolutely. of like where you take, you're always going to be happy if you can win well and lose well. Of course, you'll be disappointed about the loss. But when you look yourself in the, in the mirror and you're like, that was what I had tonight. I need to get better. I need to keep being a good teammate. I need to keep being tough and resilient and playing that way. And I need to keep having fun. That's about it. Let's just get better. What else is there to do? So once you decided that this was the path of the program and you had already had some negative experiences with your shareholders, the parents, and even the player, like the next thing I want to talk about is how did you communicate this to them? You just walk in because you let them have some input, mm -hmm. uh, but did you walk in and write on like, this is what we're doing guys. And this, like, how did you do it where you also have some buy-in that they may not have had with other, other coaches? So we've talked a lot about um, who we're becoming. And uh, I told him that I'm not going to be able to coach anybody that I don't like or respect. I just don't really do life with people that I don't respect <laughs> or, or like. And I kind of like everybody. So mostly until you prove, you know, whether you're dishonest or you're habitually disrespectful, whatever, that you don't deserve to be liked. Um, or you just, I just don't want to be around you. And I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I'll cut him. I mean, I've told them, like, if you're somebody that we can't count on or, or we don't respect, 
and I don't respect, like, you're not playing in this team. You're not in this locker room. And so like our, it was, a, I mean, we're always reminding, but it's mostly reminding about who they're becoming. You told me who you wanted to become and you wanted to be somebody who embodies these values that we've all kind of like said, as a man, as a woman, like anyone, you want those values. Like you want to get better and just about everything you're doing and as a person and you want tough, you want to be resilient and tough. You don't want to crumble every time something goes wrong or have a breakdown and you want to uh, do life with good teammates and people that you like being around. It really isn't that difficult. So they all want to do that. So when they're failing in one, then I'll tell them and I'll remind them that that's what they want to be. So we're always talking about what we're becoming, who we're becoming. And then we're talking about like the hows and the whys. So I'll give you an example, like, like for swearing, like cussing. Like I think it's not, it's, you know, people talk like that. That's fine. Shoot. I do with my friends sometimes um, and family, whoever, uh, but there's like a self-control side of it, you know, cause you're not going to win them. We're not going to win the argument about, Hey, you shouldn't cuss if it's just about morality and punishment. Like the kids, they don't, that's not going to be sticky. What the kids want, they want to know why. Well, you've got to be able to compartmentalize your speech. If this is your normal language or if it's your language and your music or whatever, and, or at home, maybe your parents swear like sailors. That's fine. Like, if that's the case, like, you're not going to believe that it's wrong. So I have to tell you why you shouldn't. And the reason is you got to be able to be professional when you got to be professional. When you're walking in the hallways, you got to be able to, you know, at school, you got to be able to control your speech or you're going to get in trouble, you know, and it doesn't follow our mission anyways. So, you know, at Boy Buchanan, because we're a Christian school. So you're here and you got to be able to control that. If you go into a job interview, you're not going to drop F-bombs on the person who's interviewing, you know, in normal speech. Now they get that. And so we don't like, there's a no, if they cuss, they're coming out. Like, yeah. They're coming out. They're going to yeah. sit there I'll, for a while. Yeah. I, I always say, and again, I'm no saint in this area. Yeah. Like I fail often at practicing games. I'm not acting like... But I always say, you know what? Talk like your grandmother sitting here, mm-hmm. your youth pastor sitting here. I need to be, you know, and perfect like my two-year-old sons, you know, like yeah. just have some awareness around you. And we all understand. And you would even say, Hey, you got that dad who swears like crazy. They probably don't at work. Yeah. They probably don't at the doctor's office. Like even they No, they don't. <laughs> Right. They can, um, yeah, they ain't cussing in church. Although my doctor in Chattanooga, I will say this. I won't his name. my doctor in Chattanooga swears like crazy. It's, a, it's unbelievable. It's, I was like, I won't say his name, but he caught me off guard the first time. I'm like, anyway, if they're, giving so the announcement, if they're giving the announcements at church, they ain't cussing a hundred percent. I mean, we can do that a hundred percent. So you just communicate it in like down to earth ways. Yeah. And then when I, as I hear you talk, I think like, man, some of us just overcomplicate this stuff. Oh, we want to oh. make culture and identity. We want to overcomplicate it and come up with 27 sayings and acronyms and acrostics. And, and really you just got to talk to a kid on a human yeah. level. Yeah. Meet that 16 year old where they are. Are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then fast model sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With Fast Draw, build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,000 free plays and drills 
from our PlayBank directly to your FastDraw account. Need a better way to build your scouting reports? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team to be the best against their opponents. The combination of FastDraw and FastScout is the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effective communication. Use code UBC2021, that's UBC2021, to get 15% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. I tell you that, I, I think that's been the biggest thing. Like, I've been uh, pretty vulnerable with them. Like, I've told them about my life, told them about my life experience. Um, we have a therapy couch in our locker room. Like, you know, kids having a hard day, comes in, sits on the couch, and we just, I just listen. Talk it out. Yeah, just listen. Um, I try to really never forget what it was like to be 16 years old, you know? And these kids are going through, they've been, I mean, the collective trauma well, for everybody in the last three years is. Yeah. Is, well, it was tough to that. navigate when we were, when we were teenagers. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking, if you gave me a, a device in my hand that I could access anything I wanted at any point in time. Yeah. Um, plus the uncertainty of kids who had games taken and what's, what all is going on in the world already. And the, what all is going on Um, in the world too, like that, that can't be underestimated because we see every worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah. Like there's a video of it. Like you used to have to worry about somebody in North Dakota, like falling off a mountain. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So now we we hear about. Well, we used to hear about stuff. There was no emotional yeah. connection or attack. Now we literally like see the worst things in the world happen in, in real time. And, you know, I guess, you know, again, I, I guess teenagers today may be tougher mentally yeah. than we were. And we just, we don't want to give them credit for anything. It's like, man, Dude, I'm with just, you. I think so many coaches, and this is what drives me nuts. Um, is when coaches sit down and talk and they talk about like when they were a player, like they were the perfect person, perfect attitude. Yes, sir. No, I'm not, maybe they were, but like, you're telling me you never took reps off. You're telling me you never dogged the coach behind his back. You're telling me you never stayed up till 2 a.m. on a game day that you didn't have a milkshake on the way to the game. Like we talk about, we talk about like we, like who we are now was who we were at 16. We're just older. No, 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 no. It's not the case. For 99.9. That's the truth. And we want to throw a kid under the bus for one or two mistakes, like kick him to the curb for good. And it just, you know, thankfully other relationships in our life are like that. Wife, kids, they screw up all the time. I screw up all the time. Boss, like we, we're, again, this is where resiliency comes in. Yeah. That you referred to. And So how did you? A lot of these kids, you know, just on your point, like a lot of them, the things that they're doing really wrong. And I try to look, you know, I try to think a lot about mental health these days because I've been dealing with it a lot, but it's been even since before this year, but like a lot of the things that they're doing wrong are actually probably just trauma responses, you know, not actually just him being a bad kid. It's like, why did he do that? Well, you know, maybe he's got abandonment issues or maybe he like was betrayed by somebody and just made him act out or maybe he's having a hard time at home and you know, look, well, let's yep. let's figure that out and let's get get you back to becoming who you want to be. Right. You know. Yeah. Just talking to them like that. It's uh, and I think it's important too that kids like you as a coach. 
And I agree. Yeah, it, it was always like, I don't care if they like me or not. And I used to think like that. And I took some of that with oh. me in my first job at St. Benedict. And I, I think it contributed to me only being there one year. Like, well, we're under this false truth that you got to choose between liked and respected and you don't no, you don't kids don't have to pick like i would think that the more they like you the more they respect you i mean obviously you're acting like an adult yeah. you know um but yeah they, they you joke around with them at practice you joke around the hallway you have conversations with them you ask them about other than basketball um you go watch them play football or volleyball or whatever it is and you know there's it's not this like to respect the mentality. Yeah. This is not. Humor, humor is big, I think. Um, even when you're like getting angry, just like finding some way yeah. naturally to just lighten the mood for a second. Yeah. And, and admitting um, when you've made a mistake. Oh, 100%. That goes. If you can't, I, I don't know in high, I don't know in high school because I, I had, we had a high turnover rate, like different coach, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th yeah. grade, 12th grade. Um, one, you know, I mean, you, I know you know these guys from Temple. So you guys listening have to listen. Joel Grubbs, yeah. Lob, like those guys. So anyway, like I had these guys come through and we never had the same, I never had the same basketball coach twice, ever. And so they all come in there and some were pretty laid back and loose and some were like, you know, toe the line like yeah. the military and you had no consistency. But either way, those guys could be liked and respected if they were just authentic and real and also could, you know, just have a real conversation. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, humor plays a big role. Sarcastic, being able to make fun of yourself a little oh, bit. Um, all those all those types of things. And so, what you said was saying, saying you're wrong. Like, I, got, I picked that up from my dad. And I think that goes a long way with them. Like, if I ripped somebody during a game, then I went to the film and I watched it. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll tell them. The next day, yeah. hey guys, I ripped him for this. Eli, that was actually your fault, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, or uh, yeah, that or was, the, or it was no one's fault. It was just a really bad yeah, yeah. play. I mean, sometimes things just happen. Yeah. A, a kid makes a great basket or great move or whatever, and it's like everyone was in their spot doing their job. I got to do just, that with refs too. Like, if I'm ripping a ref for something, yeah. I'm like, and I see that film, I'm like, ah oh, man, I'm gonna call. Yeah, that's my kind of like little get his number little deal with my say I'm sorry, you were right. Yeah, that's my little deal with myself this season to give the refs a just go a little lighter on them. They're just Just a little lighter. They're doing their best. They're working eight and ten hour jobs and they're coming to watch they're they're refing single A boys basketball on a Tuesday night at eight thirty. I mean, come on, man. They're gonna jump back up and jump in the truck the next day. You know what's funny? I uh I was telling our parents like how they're yelling at other people's children. And then yelling at adults on how to do their jobs. I was like, you know, really, that's a lot like being at Walmart in line and some little two-year-old is being a two-year-old and the mom is juggling groceries, trying to put it in there. And you're like, shut up, kid. Yeah. Shut up. Right. Do better. And then you look at the mom, you're like, you are a terrible mom. You need to do way better. It's like, goodness gracious. That's actually what well, we're doing. And then I, I'm like, well, what am I talking about? I do the same thing to the refs. Right. Okay. Are we in the only are we in the only career field where you can <laughs> yell at a teenager and adult at the same time? Literally in the same moment. It's insane. I mean, coaches. someone else's teenager, not oh, just yours. And, you can yell at other teenagers. Oh my gosh! All right. Before we get too far down the the path, how how did you communicate this uh, mentality with your parents? 
Oh, the same way I did. Or was it just they could just see changes in the program yeah. and the kids? Yeah, they could see it. And I, I you know, I'll be honest, that first year, that beginning of the schedule, I scheduled real soft. And uh, we won like six games in a row. Uh, so it's it was, a great move, right? Yeah, I mean, we didn't beat anybody at all. That was very good. But <laughs> it was, I mean, everybody. They, they got to see some success. It doesn't care if you're playing like. Football season, and this is the first win they got, and everybody's all excited, and we're great. Oh, yeah. We, we got pretty good by the end of the year, but at that time, we weren't. Yeah. They were just figuring it out and how to win and just kind of got everybody excited. I think scheduling is really important. You know, we're going to be better this year. Um, I, I'm, we're going to be more experienced because we were really young last year and very talented. We'll have more experience and be talented this year. And our schedule is brutal. Like, but we weren't ready for that before, you know, in the last, last three years. Uh, I mean, we upped it. We've upped it a little bit every year yeah. on the schedule. So I think that's really important because, I, I mean, it doesn't matter who, who you are or what you do. Like, if you want to see your culture collapse, lose a ton. Like, mm-hmm. people just don't like it. They just don't like yeah. losing. And that's because people, yeah. people are competitive. Like, they want to yeah. have success. It's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you decided on your culture. You communicated your culture. Now, how did you how did you go about? You've alluded about to a little. How did you put it into action? Action steps, whether it's how we practice yeah. to show resilience. I mean, what was the next phase? So, if you go with the get better piece, like practice is intense and focused and competitive and detailed, and we go really, really hard for an hour and a half to two hours in January, hour hour to an hour and a half, but early on like we get after it yeah and uh there's a lot of detail and you know doing kind of doing my homework on uh what we need to be doing how we need to be playing how i'm going to teach that so they're engaged there's no you know also i'll just send a guy out if you know he's goofing around in practice or not playing hard um so they're pretty intense we never really i never really had any issue with that um but then the, the resilience piece, it's just a, every single time, every time someone rolls their eyes, every time someone puts their head down after they miss a layup, every time they hit the wall, we're, I'm going to stop it. You're going to hear about yeah. it. If it keeps happening, especially hitting the wall with your hand, you know, yeah, Lefty yeah. Glasscock used to always say, uh, my old assistant, like, don't hit the wall, man. That's how people break their hands. Punt, yeah. Break your own nose. Like, <laughs> like you can play with a broken well, nose, but not a broke hand. I was like, Lefty, that's the that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember the very, when I the job met now in my fifth year, but the first year um, I took over, I was hired late in the process. I mean, I didn't see the kids like June third, and we're out there shooting around, just just shooting free throws, and I'm looking around. Guys are like slamming balls down, yeah. throwing against the wall, and I'm like, guys, like we're not we're not acting like this. We're not slapping the pad. We're not, yeah. you know, it, it's a layup. That's grandstanding though. That's tantrums. Well, it's that, it's that fake competitiveness. Yeah. It's that yeah. fake. It's, it's just that fake kind of like bowing up on somebody or slamming your locker or, or we do it too. Coaches slamming the door, breaking the clipboard. We're guilty as well. It's all just fake competitiveness. Yeah. 
you know, makes us look like competitors, but it's really, it's really weak in, in, in the long term. Um, we just you, you so lose emotional control. And I know I do it sometimes too. Like it's, it's something we're always trying to do is keep that emotional control. Cause when you have emotional control, and this is something that I picked up from my uh, former career as a poker player, when you have emotional control at all times, you can be objective and you can yeah. make snap decisions that are not clouded by your own personal bias. And that's why yeah. our reactions are so important from something as little as cussing or rolling your eyes under your breath, you know, cussing under your breath or rolling your eyes to looking at your hands when your teammate drops a pass out of bounds, like catch. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. But that one covers two things. Reaction, you know, not tough, not resilient. And, and be a good teammate. Yeah. So let's have a scenario. Let's say, you know, the year starts, you've got practice tomorrow or next week and a kid, you know, misses the layup, hangs his head or a, the kid misses the layup and another teammate yells like, oh, come on, man, we got to, you know, what are you, you're going to stop it. What are you going to say? It's not the 50th time they've done it. It's like the first time. Like, how do you address it? Let's say it's the first time I'd probably blow the whistle and be like, hey, uh, I want to make up a name. Somebody on my team, Gavin. Gavin, did anybody in the gym want to make that layup more than you? No, sir. Did you try your best? Yes, sir. Then just keep playing. I ain't mad yeah. at you. Nobody else is yeah. mad at you. Just keep going. Keep your head up. Yeah. Because that in basketball ain't like that. You take that split second, somebody scoring in transition defense, if they're real good. Like you cannot take a and second. It's also on something successful. Your oh, stud yeah. gets a nasty dunk. Yes. Does he pause one second? And the other team gets a transition. Yeah. Like it's also like mental tough or, you know, resilience and staying in the moment on a positive and a negative too. Yeah. And that's, you know, part of our, we want to have that image that we are just going to keep coming. Like our running joke is everybody tells their girlfriends to stay home before they play us. Like that's, that's our <laughs> mentality. We want well, grandma to stay home and yeah. girlfriends to stay home. So I tell our kids, if I'm watching you in a game, I'm just watching film or someone walks in they look at your body language they don't know if you just hit your fifth straight three or missed your fifth yeah. straight three like we just need to be even keel and i know there's some obviously you hit your fifth straight three i'm gonna look, well, at you, you say, might look a little different our kids are crazy but, if they hit five three but, in a row. <laughs> but you're but you're not just yeah. like you miss your fifth you're not pausing you can, there's no time to stop and celebrate like you've got to still do the yeah. next best thing get back get in the press whatever it is so like so if we have one of those boys celebrating like crazy like like kind of losing focus. i'm like hey whoa whoa give yourself permission to be good act like you're not surprised right. you know right and the and hey, that's what the bench is there for to celebrate yeah. like you're not surprised um, i'm not surprised right hey, go ahead and let yourself be a good player yeah <laughs> right that's good so any other ways that you think about where you know obviously i mean you did it like in a subtle way you put well, an obvious way you put good on the t-shirt something you talk about a lot something's kind of even spread amongst the the boy buchanan culture um it's conversation with kids but what are some other things it's where you you put these things into action coaches let me introduce you to my friends at clip draw clip draw makes using video more efficient and effective and every good coach knows that using video clips and video highlights is a great way to teach our players the game with clip draw there's fast player tracking and clear animated drawings to help you show the evolution of your plays. Followers of the podcast can get a 10% discount right now. Go to the show notes, click on the link, 
and enter the coupon code that is listed beside the link and save 10% on ClipDraw. Trust me, ClipDraw is a game changer and your players will appreciate you using this software to help them better understand the game. Oh, this, uh, something little this year, we got a little warrior wall. Uh, we got, if you graduate in good standing and, and you were one of those people who made it, you know, three, four year, whatever, however long you played and you were liked and respected by your teammates, you're going on the wall. So yeah. we got all these eight by tens block things, little collage thing going on. Um, the one thing that we really go for is the battle. Like we want good games. Like we want battles. We, now, if, if somebody is not going to be up to the challenge, we're going to try to break their will. Um, we call it, we're going to take their soul. We have channel our inner David Goggins. Uh, <laughs> but we want to we break them to where they don't think they can ever beat us. But if it's a team like us, I'll use Notre Dame, for example. Jonathan does a great job over there. And there's yep. so much respect for our two programs. And when we play them, it's like both teams know exactly what they're getting and we can't wait. Like, yeah, it's that battle and they beat yeah. us sometimes and we beat them sometimes and sometimes it's just a heads up game and whoever hits the last shot those yeah. wins but then uh, when you walk off the floor though when the players walk off the floor even in loss they know they put it all out there they were a good teammates yes. they didn't fold so like even in loss you can how would you say that you walk off the floor in loss you can be well we call it we call it a glorious glorious death yeah you know the warrior culture thing like we're we're trying to you know i think we want to be walking home victorious or we want to be brought back on our shield we want to give it all we want to give everything we got and you know basketball is not a game that's that's live or die it's a game that you just (laughs) you mess up one second and you gotta keep moving forward and lose a game and you got 30 more to play you know what I mean? Like 20 something right. to play. It's not like those other, a lot of other sports. So we are very, we are very big on who we see in the mirror and do we like what we're becoming and do we like who we're being? Because every minute's a chance, to, every second is a chance to turn it around if you don't like the trajectory that you're on. And we have all yep. chosen who we're going to be. And that's the only reason why they're in that locker room. And we got talented kids in our school that can, I play that they don't want to they don't want to be that yet and i think they will at some point yeah. in life but well yeah they don't want to do that and this is this is kind of unique um we i would say this year's team we're changing our style we play really 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 hard like we're not the most talented mm-hmm. we don't have a bunch of kids going to college but we our practices are absolutely so competitive you know it's funny we had some kids um come to the gym some football kids who were gonna they made the team this summer but obviously we don't see them and i had one kid in particular watch us get up and down the court and just play hard and get and he's like you know i uh had several kids not play various reasons but he's like i just yeah i I just don't think i that style of play is really what i i'm like okay all right. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. Work on work on uh football next year, work on uh the shot put or work on baseball. But yeah, I mean, literally they walked, they saw how hard we were playing and they were like, Yeah, this isn't something I want to be a part of. Yeah. And it kind of made me feel good. Like, okay, yeah. we're gonna I don't want to run kids off, but like 
if you walk through like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I, I mean, our practices are like are a lot harder than football. It's a different physicality. I understand that football guys like swearing at me right now. But what I'm saying is like, there's no standing. You're getting yeah, after I mean, there's a lot of lines in football. That's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. I but I mean, to push that sled. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah. So you put an action in several ways. I think the hardest thing is how do you sustain it? And how are you, or how do you, again, going through COVID, going through multiple deaths, going through real life things, but also just basketball perspective. How do you stay on top of this every day with the kids and make sure the, con- the culture continues to stay strong and that your identity stays true to the program? Honestly, I, just, I don't know. Other than love them. That's really yeah. it. Like, I don't really do anything else that, like, would be like, hey, I got the formula here. Right. Like, I well, I think, I think <laughs> that's you it. just said the form. I think you just hit your formula. Maybe. You, auth- you authentically care about yeah. them. They know you care about them. If you were to go 0-25 this season, they're not going to question your care and your love for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, your relationship with them doesn't depend on how well they shoot the ball that night. Yeah. I'll tell them all we probably we probably all got into the wrong sport if we go in 25. But, <laughs> and but you hey, know, we'll yeah, I mean pick up this game and you and you'll keep your and your resume will be yeah. updated. Yeah. Let's design but, a video game. But you know, you go through that three game uh losing streak. You hit a yeah. you know, kid goes nine for twelve for three one night, no for twelve the other night. You don't treat me different the next day. No, that kid that that kid that's in a little shooting slump that I do think can shoot and has put the work in is still gonna be getting the green light from me. Yeah, you know, we're just going to get a little bit better. You know, if we're not finishing around the rim, we're going to do some more finishing work. We're going to just try to figure out what what we need, what holes we need plugging um, and all that stuff and just keep pressing forward. Uh, and your message stays consistent. I think that's the key thing. Like your yeah. message stays consistent. Not, they're going to change it up every year because I, I am who I am. Like I can't be like not who I am. And uh, that's just, I don't know. I think I, I think being able to coach kids that I genuinely like being around is big. Like I, I I'm I am adamant on if there's kids that aren't like that, that they just can't handle they can't they don't have the emotional wherewithal to celebrate someone else's achievement without being threatened by it. You know, like I, I just can't. Like I'm not gonna and that we get that that gets fixed. No one is a junior in our program that's still doing that. Like if they are, I mean, they. I mean, I've suspended kids for a month. I've kicked kids completely off. I've cut them. Like I just, I've given them the hey, this is it for you. Um, one more, and they don't have that problem again usually. Yeah. And if they do, they made the choice. Right. Um, well, they have to take ownership of their actions as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know, like just kids can tell if you really care, you know. And you can tell if they really care as well. Yeah. Like they just want to be a part of the basketball team and have something to do. Uh, I'm not saying that every kid loves it the same. I'm not. But you know if they really are bought in yeah. or they're playing because mama wants them to or daddy wants them to. Yeah, because you can't fake your passion and they can't either. Absolutely. And what's crazy is when kids are having fun and kids are proud of themselves and who they are and who they're becoming, they 
they're usually fun to be around. They're usually pretty tough. They're usually pretty consistent. You know, like it's a, uh, it's hard not to like them. Like when they're like that. Now we got reminders daily. Like we are, we're always working it. Like we're always having to give those reminders. We're always having to have this conversation. I try to find as many of our guys during the school day as I can. You know, fortunately I have a job where, you know, I'm in the, in the weight room. So I get a lot of them rolling through there, you know, and that, that helps. Uh, Cause we have fitness classes every period of the day. So I got five periods. So I got them guys are rolling through almost all day. And then I'm trying to find most of them and talk to them every day. And not just about basketball. We got, the, we got Tecmo Super Bowl set up in the locker room. Like, you know, they're going to come down there. Some of them will be doing study hall and some of them will be playing Tecmo Super Bowl or Mike Tyson's punch out. And we'll, uh, yeah. I'm trying to teach them about, you know, the old school stuff. Well, recap uh, briefly, recap your four, um, I know, toughness, resiliency. Just recap those. Uh, Sam, one last time. Get better every day. Before we get out of here. Number one, get better every day. Number two, be tough, be resilient. Number three, be a great teammate. Number four, have fun. That's, That's it. That's good. It's hard not to have well, Josh, fun thanks. when you're doing those first three. Well, and I would say even if, like, even if adults listen to this, like, what if I just attack my job that way as an adult? I mean, or other things I, that I do, Even you know, life. it's not just for kids. It's, it's for, it's everything. Yeah, it really, um, I mean, it's really simple. It's like, what would the person that I really want to become look like? Those are four qualities that I think I just want to be. You know, one thing, one uh, perspective I like, I know I'm going to massacre how it's worded, but I, I like Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I lost what stuff he says. And in his first book, it was, you know, treat yourself like you're like you're someone you're taking care of. Yes. Like if someone came to you and asked advice on coaching and you said this and you acted the opposite way, or someone went to your player, even with the bad attitude and said, Hey man, what should I show up and look like and act like for coach T he would give them the good advice mm-hmm. or she would. And they, but yet we do the exact opposite thing. So sometimes we do the exact opposite of what we would tell others. And that, and why? Because we think that we can break some of the rules. Yeah. Like we think that some, you know, like it won't catch up with us sometimes. Um, well, coach, any last words before we get off of this? I know that. Um, yeah, I, I like know, what you just uh, said, really. I mean, I think that, I think that if there's one thing that's a constant in our program is confrontation. Like we are always giving those remarks, talking, giving those reminders, yep. tons of one-on-ones. If there's a problem or you're not treating yourself how you should be. I mean, we had one kid, he was the best teammate. He would get down, so down on himself. I'm like, you're the, my dad actually said, he's like, you are the worst teammate we have. And he's like, what? And he's like, to yourself, like you just, you turn on yourself, you beat yourself up, you stop believing in yourself. Why don't you treat yourself like, you know, you treat your teammates and the kids are right. doing that. And uh, he's been having a blast. He started doing it in football. He probably led us in receiving yards this year. hundred percent. All right, brother. Th- thank you. All right, Matt. We'll see you, man. Hi, right, man. See you. Thanks for listening to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review and also leave a comment about what you enjoyed most about today's guest. I hope you'll join us on our next episode.